Today is a special, special Sunday. Today is River Life's birthday. Today we celebrate God's faithfulness for five years. And we are so excited that you've come to celebrate with us today. All throughout scripture, God gives the commands to remember him, remember his work, remember his faithfulness. So that's what we're doing today. Yeah, today's a special day, so all the kids will be with us the whole service. And then right afterwards, we'll have a potluck to celebrate as well. And as part of our celebration, we wanted to have the ministry team come up. And we're going to share with you some of our most uh, memorable uh, thoughts about what's happened in the last five years. And hopefully some people will also share some of their most uh, funniest uh, memories as well. So for me, one of the best memories I have is when uh, we got the call from the district, our North Central District, that this church location was a possibility for us. And I remember the team coming, and we sat right there, and we prayed about it. Because we, it was a big decision. We thought that we would be a local church moving around and uh, setting up every Sunday morning. We thought we would do that for about the first 10 years. So when it was only two years in, two and a half years in, and this opportunity came up, it was going to be a huge change for us. So I just remember sitting here and getting goosebumps that God was opening this door for us. And by the end of our prayer that night, I think we all looked around and realized this was a gift from God. Unexpected, but amazing gift from God. So that is my memory. So for me, I remember back to year two. Now, for our first few years, we were mobile, which means we stored everything in two trailers. It was January, middle of winter, single-digit temperatures, snowing, and I'm standing out in my driveway in a foot of snow trying to thaw out our locks on the trailer with a lighter. Somehow, my fingers were both freezing and burning at the same time. I'm sitting with this puny little lighter trying to th be like, come on, we have to get going. And all of a sudden, I start laughing, almost uncontrollably, because I thought, they never taught me this in seminary. <laughs> so um, one of my favorite a, a series of moments at River Life is whenever we do something um, with the kids or for the kids. Um, you would think that, um, I love how intentional we are with kids, how we have family worship, how we decide to um, have a big Easter egg hunt with the kids or when we have a, the costume carnival and it's, it's for the kids and the adults too, we get candy too. Um, but I just love it because out of the nine people in the ministry team, I'm the only one with kids. And so for, the rest of the other eight people, Mangelu's not here, he's out, out doing parking lot. Um, but out of, for the other eight people, for them to just constantly say things in meetings like, hey, let's do something for the kids, or like, let's do this so that the kids can join us as well. Or let's do this so the kids have an awesome time while we're doing something fun as well. And I'm just like, man, I'm just constantly blown away by how much this ministry team loves kids. So that's one of my favorite things about, or series of things about River Life and working with this team. I think for me, um, being with the youth ministry, uh, we take a lot of trips. And some of the most funny moments I've experienced have been on a trip uh, going to Duluth a few years ago. And I didn't realize that students can play mafia in a car for seven hours straight. That was ridiculous. I was done by the second round. And then on top of that, the best part was uh, hearing them do an impromptu rap battle through our walkies. My most memorable moment at River Life deals with students too. I work with students with Tommy. And so growing up, we'd always go to um, a, a conference hosted by the Monk District. And that's part of the CMA too. I'll call Blue, and so I remember growing up, every year we'd have to fundraise, you know, whether it was egg rolls, whether it was working at Valley Fair, whether it was just, you know, doing whatever we could to earn money. And so 
about two years ago when we were going to go to Lou, we had a lot more students going. And so we had asked uh, for your help. And we were able to, you know, you guys were so generous in raising funds for us that we didn't have to you know, lift a single hand to do any fundraising. And so the generosity of River Life always, always pays me. So I haven't been here long, but I, my very first Sunday downstairs with the kids, I was still shadowing Pang. And uh, it was before Level Up Sunday, one of our fifth grade boys, he was running late, so he decided just to sprint in full speed to the back of the room, face planted. Um, he's in sixth grade now. I'm sure you guys can figure out if you hear the story long enough. But he laid there on the ground for about a good two minutes, just kind of like rolling around in like pain. And I was like, nobody's doing anything. Like, should I go up and say something? So I go up to him, and the moment I touch him and say, are you okay? He just rolls up, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And he just gets up and goes, sits down, and he's perfectly fine. So. All right, so I have a, a funny moment, but it's kind of awkward, too, okay? So if you've met me out in the front, sometimes I'm awkward. But um, we were having lunch with some folks, and some of the folks having lunch with us were, were new, right? And so when you're new, you don't know who is who and who is whose brother who is just friends. And so Alicia came by and I said, oh, do you know Alicia? This person said, oh yeah. And I said, oh yeah, Alicia and I, we used to live together. And there was a pause, <laughs> awkward silence. And I said, don't worry, we're cousins. When we were kids, we lived in the same house. So um, some context for you to uh, understand. Anyways, that's my story. Um, my favorite moment that I will never forget is one morning I woke up, we woke up really early, we were setting up at Central High School, and I was kind of tired, and then all of a sudden something hit my leg, boom! And I was like, I looked down, I was like, what hit my leg? This giant rat with his long tail ran into me and hit my leg, and I was screaming, and Olympia was, and she's here, but I like literally climbed on her, like, and then we saw it like running across it. Oh, I will never forget my encounter with the rat. <laughs> that rat is now our mascot. He's the church rat. You can find him around here any, any Sunday. No. <laughs> well, hey, before we hop down, I, I thought I should do this before uh, before we all disperse. This is one of the. This is the only time that virtually the entire ministry team has all been up here on stage. So let's let's run the, the line here to just introduce yourself because you see a lot of sure. us, but you might not actually know who we are or what we do around here. So we'll start here. Yeah, my name is Johan Yang and I'm the worship director. Greg Rhodes, I'm the lead pastor. I'm Bumfour Rhodes and I am the spiritual growth director and his wife. Uh, I'm Tommy, and I am the youth director for Thrive Youth Ministries. I'm Kong Moore. I'm associate pastor and the assistant youth director. I'm Jeremy Garland. I'm the kids ministry director. Yen Kyung, the hospitality director. Alicia Tao, the community engagement director. And my husband, Meng, he's out in the parking lot. You probably were greeted by him. He's the chief handyman. <laughs> That's right. So, and I just, I just also want to say, team, I love you. You are the best team I have ever worked with. And so thank you for every single day of every single year you've been with me. So thank you. Well, rather than one sermon with me sharing out of God's word, we're going to have a whole lot of people sharing short stories. Some you're going to hear from me. You're going to hear from my wife, Peng Fu, And you're even going to hear from some of you. And so I wanted to start off with a little history of River Life. It's only five years, so come on. It's, but it's still history. And for some of you, maybe you've only been here a year, two years. You might never have known our days back at Dayton's Bluff or Mobile Church or anything like that. So I thought I'd give you the shortened version of five years of history of God's faithfulness here at River Life. So even though River Life is five years old, the idea of River Life actually started two years prior. It was a bus ride home from a camp where I was speaking, and that's really where the, this idea got birthed, the idea of River Life. And, and this was, the, I was sitting next to a Korean American pastor, and he was telling me about a ministry that's, that was focused solely 
on second gen Korean Americans down in Texas. And I began to think, I began to wonder, could something like this happen for second gen mom? And so I was picking in his brain. And so I actually looked back at August 2012. That was when the idea of River Life was sort of birthed. Well, I came home September of next month. I think four and I, we started praying. We started talking. We started brainstorming. We started imagining and dreaming what a ministry that was focused solely and dedicated towards second gen mall. What could that look like? It started like a, it started as a faith-based nonprofit, and then God changed our minds and said, no, 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 this is a church. Something which we had never intended to do. And so starting September on for a good, almost a whole year, it was about nine months, we started, we started thinking and praying about what to do. And we had the idea, and so we, we presented it to the North Central District of the CMA, to uh, Don Wiggins, who was the district superintendent at that time. We walked in and we gave him our pitch and he essentially approved River Life that day. Even better, he, he poked his head out the office and leaned down the hall and said, hey Dave, you in there? Now Dave Mansky at the time was the one who was supervising church multiplication. He was like, Dave, I want you to meet these people. We go down to Dave and we tell him our story and our vision and our dream. And he says the most amazing line. He says, you two are an answer to seven years of our prayers. The North Central District had been praying for seven years that they could do something here in the Twin Cities for Second, for second Gen Mall. And we walked in the door with, with a vision, a dream, and, and they said yes. So we spent the next nine months, about the next six months, planning, dreaming, writing. We wrote out a full about 40 page business plan for River Life. We compiled research. I, I pulled out everything I could find out in the, the body of research on second gen mall in the Twin Cities. We wrote that up into a, into a giant research document. And then, but, but we didn't start, start promoting or anything like that. And then God started spreading the word. And then later that year, or the beginning of the next year, we, we brought together the very first ministry team. The very first ministry team for River Life. And we started praying and dreaming and planning. And that was nine months before our launch. So nine months before our launch, we started talking. And then from there, we had a team, and we started developing an idea of what this could look like. Over summer, we held a couple preview services. We held a, a few events, some workshops, picnic. Uh, and then in September, September 11th, 2014, we held our very first service. That was at Dane's Bluff Rec Center, not far from here, probably less than 10 minutes. Um, and if you know that, it's this steep theater seating uh, uh, auditorium with no stage entrance. So we were schlepping all of this up and down these steps. We, we, we used to have a joke that, that we got more exercise by 9 a.m. on Sunday than most people did in a week. Because that's what, what you had to do. And so we, we had this amazing launch service, uh, and we celebrated, and we, God was faithful, and, and in fact, we're going to watch a little video of that in a little bit here. Um, but we had 125 people, adults and kids, join us for that service. And we found that we very quickly outgrew Dayton's Bluff. And so I called the St. Paul School District and said, hey, do you have any openings? So from there, we moved to Central High School. And Central High School was, was a home for us for about a year. We met there, we had, we had curtains set, it was a giant auditorium, so we had set up curtains to try to make the space smaller, and we did events, we did worship, we did baptisms, we, we loved our time at Central. Until the next summer, when the air conditioning broke. We did not love it as much then, okay? But we launched, and then, it was, and then we knew we wanted to focus solely on our service. We weren't going to launch anything else except Sunday. And then 
later in the year, uh, January, February, we launched our small group Bible studies, our life groups. And these really became the backbone of discipleship here at River Life. And our, our life groups have been on a little bit of break as we've trained new leaders, and we're going to be launching some new types of groups coming up. It's really exciting, so stay tuned for that. In addition to after life groups, the next thing we launched was community engagement. Uh, because we wanted to be a church that made a difference in our community. We wanted to be a church that was seen as an asset, that was seen as a place that people love our neighbors and our community. And so ever since then, we have done all kinds of things, everything from partnering with ministries, with homeless ministries. We launched a food shelf. We've, we've assembled um, care packages, refugee packages, uh, all kinds of things through our community engagement ministry. And, and we have, throughout all, we've had the slogan of be the change. Be the change that God wants his church to be here in the Twin Cities. And so we love that. So then from there, that's when all of a sudden the AC breaks. And we're like, okay, we got to get out of Central. It's summer, no AC. So we moved to Washington Tech Magnet School. Just down the road. Uh, so we're at a new location. And that was great. It was a great space where we could continue to grow. We had classrooms. We had space to work. Uh, and it was a wonderful place to be and for us to continue to refine and figure out what does church look like? What, how do we do this every Sunday? Because the truth is, we used to have a joke early on that it kind of felt like changing the wheels on the bus while we were driving. Because none of us, myself included, none of us had ever held a senior leadership role in a church before. And we were just figuring stuff out. We're, we're high risk, low anxiety. We try things out. And if it doesn't work, we move on. And when it does, we stick with it. So there we were, there we were at Washington for a while. Uh, that was working out great. Washington is also where we launched our youth ministry. We didn't have a youth ministry at first because we didn't really have many youth. It was only a small handful. Finally, our youth was starting to grow. We're like, let's, let's launch a youth ministry. And Kong, uh, he, he was our first youth director. And the youth ministry met, this is a space in between a stairway and the lockers. And we just stuck the youth right there. The truth is, why? Because we didn't have to pay extra for it. <laughs> so the first youth met, I, I joke, under the stairwell. Uh, and it was wonderful. And we, they got to play games. They got to develop friendships that still stand today. Uh, and we loved having a place for our youth. Well, then, a little under a year later, about nine months later, kind of the miracle happened. This facility opened up. And the North Central District had six different churches vying for this, in consideration for this property. Three within the district, three outside the district. And, and the district decided, they chose us. We didn't actually choose this property. The district chose us because they saw what we were doing. They loved the ministry we were doing. We were growing. This was right, right in our target geographic range here. The east side, like who doesn't know the east side? And it's one of our, and we said, we want to stay in St. Paul. We do not want to go outside those borders. And all of a sudden, this wonderful place that is a blessing from God opens up. So we spend about a, a month updating and doing some painting and some cleaning and all of a sudden in February as we move in we have our very first service here at, at our new location which now we think of as River Life Church. And so from there the, the first big change in our mission our, prior to September of 2017 our mission has always been hope and healing for second gen mall. And I said that every single Sunday. And then we, over summer, over that summer in 2017, we realized something. Wait, we, we don't have to wait for the third generation. The third generation are right here with us. They're our children. And so we made a change to our mission statement. And we changed our mission statement to hope and healing for second and third gen mall. 
because the kids, our children, and our nieces and our nephews, they are not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today. And we want God's hope and healing for our children just as much as we want it for ourselves and our aunties and uncles and friends. So we made a change to our mission statement. Well, fast forward to next, the following summer, 2018. Um, after a good couple years, about after two years of study, I became an ordained reverend in the CMA. So if you really, if your parents are ever around, you can just refer to me as Reverend Greg. Yeah, that's, that I sound fancy. I gotta start wearing a suit at that point. Um, but yeah, so I, I became or, an ordained reverend through the CMA, and, and it was a big deal. It, kind of think of that as professional development for pastors. I wrote papers, I read books, I read old books and new books, and I took a test and an oral, sat for an oral interview. And, and then they gave me their stamp of approval to say, we love what you're doing, we love what God has done in you. And that's, that's Don Wiggins, there, the district superintendent at the time, who was the one who essentially said yes to River Life. So it was a great moment for me, and I really enjoyed it. Another big thing happened that summer, which was we became a multi-pastor staff. Kongwa came on board as our associate pastor. And that's a big deal when a church moves from one pastor to two. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, so, so Kong currently works as our associate pastor part-time, uh, and, and then he also assists Tommy with the youth. Uh, and that, that was a game changer for me personally. Yes, it helped the church, but most it helped me. Because solo pastoring a 200-plus person church was exhausting. And all of a sudden, come, Kong comes on, and has such an amazing spirit of service, of love. Something's got to be done. I'll do it. Hey, Kong, can you take care of this? Done. And he has been wonderful this past year. We worked together here at the office, and it has been great. Another huge thing that happened that summer was we launched our food shelf, the Riverbank food shelf. If you've ever wondered what that room is with the big window, that's a food shelf. And every week we get families coming here collecting food. In fact, I was just talking to someone called the church and was looking for some help. Um, and, and while I said, listen, we don't have money we can hand out, but we have a food shelf. And I said, here's the number. Call this wonderful person named Alicia, and she will help you. We will get you some bags of food to help you in this tight spot right now. And that happens every single week because of your support. You give, people get fed. These are real people and real families. And so that, that's a wonderful step. I'm thrilled that we've done that. And it just continues to grow and grow. So from there, if we fast forward a little bit, if we go to Easter of this, of this year. Easter of this year, it was our largest service. We had 525 people in this building. It was nutso. If you were here at Easter, it was amazing. The sanctuary was packed. The lobby was packed. The bathrooms were packed. It was, it was wonderful. And, and we got to celebrate that, that God resurrected Jesus Christ so that we could have new life with him. And the theme for that Easter was, or it was Easter changes everything. Uh, and it was a wonderful day for River Life. And then that's bringing us up to now, and about another month forward from that, we made one more change to our mission statement. We made one more change. We changed it to this. Hope, healing, and growth for second and third gen mall. Because we love the fact that people come here because they, they experience God's hope and God's healing here. But God wants so much more than just to fill us with the hope of Christ and to heal us. He wants to grow us. He wants to mature us and develop us to be more like Christ. And that, that was so important and such a focus of these coming years. So you know what? We're gonna add this into our mission statement. And there you go. Five years of River Life in, in about 10 minutes. Um, and you know what? And I could tell you lots and lots of stories 
But I thought we'd take a little bit of time here for some of you to tell your stories. So we're calling these our two-minute testimonies. And we've asked a few people, so, so if you're one of those folks, come on up. Uh, come on up. We've got the mic here. And, and like I said, these are, these are two-minute testimonies, quick, short, powerful stories about what God has done in your life through River Life. So introduce yourself, and then and then say how long you've been attending. Um, so my name is Shul. I've been a part of River Life for two years now. I was asked to share what River Life has done for me. And truthfully, there are so many things that River Life has done for me in my life, family, faith, and etc. I could go on, but let me get through this speech because I don't want to cry. Um, I'm going to try to keep it short. One of the biggest things that River Life has done for me was it allowed me to feel at home with my faith. What do I mean? I grew up being Christian, but my family had stopped going to church when I turned 10, so I never really had a relationship with the Lord. Not until I was 21 and got divorced and became a single mom. I knew that I wanted to attend a church, and I knew I needed to. But at the same time, I knew what my community often say about long divorce women. Somewhere along the way, my cousin introduced me to River Life. And the first time I came to River Life, I fell at home. And that's what River Life has done for me. It has given me a home, a family, where I could worship and praise the Lord. Thank you. My name is Lee. Uh, some people call me by my Hmong name, Nyan Li. Uh, my family and I have been here at River Life for four years. When we first come here, there were a couple of things that we can say that were first. I was the first uh, of the oldest in River Life. Before me, it was Pastor Greg, but when I came, I was the first. I was four months older than Pastor Greg. <laughs> My daughter, uh, Melody, was the first youth member. Yep. When we came, we have kids, and uh, um, my daughter was uh, a youth, so we uh, uh, kind of look around for uh, uh, see if uh, they could start a youth uh, group, and they were the first youth group. In the Hmong culture, being the eldest in the family means you're the boss, uh, you run the shows, and you get respected, uh, you get the respect you deserve. But when I came to River Life, I have to re relearn that I don't know everything, and I am nobody. In fact, I came to River Life with a lot of anger and disappointment in my life. But through River Life, God has showed me that God was always there for me, and the anger and the hurt I felt was from my efforts of trying to gain God's love through works, which I learned that he loves me no matter what. The things I do will not increase or decrease his love for me. My daughter being the first youth member found a place in River Life. At my old church, I have to wake my kids up to go to church, force them to go to Sunday school, and push them to join youth. But being the first youth member, my daughter found a purpose going to church. She created a place for others to belong. And as she was doing that, she felt belong. My kids look forward to church every Sunday, and that makes me and my wife really happy. So thank God for River Life, and happy birthday. Joanne, if anybody doesn't know that. Um, the first thing that I can remember was the first time I came through the doors. It was the very first time you opened. And I remember I was, somebody came right to me and thanked me for being here and showed me how I could do a name tag and told me there was coffee and snacks and I'm like, 
these people don't know me. How can they be so welcoming? And I mean, I just got chills. I just got chills, really. But uh, that's how I felt. And I feel that every day I come here. And the church is, is like a home to me because I can come here and feel relaxed and I can speak in front of all you, which would never happen years ago because I think I know most of you. And I think Pastor Greg does a, just an awesome sermon but my first recollection of the church was how welcomed I felt by everybody. And I love coming here. And I miss if there's an opportunity that I can't. So that's my story. I promise this is the most I've ever been on stage. So. When I came to River Life, it was about four years ago, and I just want to share with you all that at that time I was a very different person. I'm going to speak fast because I don't want to cry. But back then I was um, an emotional and mental wreck. I had gone through a lot of things, and um, I did not know how to put myself together. I remember one day I came, it was at Washington, and I don't remember what Pastor Greg was uh, talking about anymore, but Halfway through, sorry, Greg. Saying, you know, uh, halfway through, I was sitting like in the front row or second row or something like that. I just started bawling, like uncontrollably crying. And if you were sitting next to me that day, you know who you are. Thank you for being there. Um, uh, it was a really hard time. And um, through this process, I was able to find a family and a home at River Life. Friends and brothers have helped walk with me uh, along my path of recovery. I could pass the mic and each one of you has a story and your story matters. It matters to God and it matters to us. So come up and tell someone your story. Come up and tell me. I will listen and I will smile and even tear up a little bit because God continues to work every single Sunday as he has for the last five years. Well, I thought I'd take us back now to that very first service. We've got a little video here, and it, it consists of three pieces. One is a slideshow of our very, very first service. We did two practice services. We called them preview services. We really didn't know what we were doing. Uh, and so there, there's, some, there's some slideshows from that, and then some video from our very first service in September 2014. And then, and then a short clip from my sermon. I re-watched my sermon for that week, and, and I loved it because it was as true today as it was then. But this clip particularly struck me, and that's at the end of this. So sit back, let yourself go back in time five years, and enjoy.
If we come to him, he is the one who refreshes miraculously. Once he is refreshed miraculously, we turn around and bless practically. We can be like those trees. Imagine if the people who heard about River Life, imagine if we had developed the reputation of they are good for food and good for healing. Imagine if that's what if that's what your friends and your cousins and your nephews and uncles and aunts describe the church to be. They're good for healing and they're good for nourishment. That's what God desires for us. God refreshes miraculously and then we turn around and we bless practically. I wanted to talk about how come River Life, how did we come to be and why are we here? Um, you should know that Greg and I never wanted to start a church. We moved to the Twin Cities in 2001, and immediately our friends were like, why don't you guys start a church? And we both said, no. There's so many churches around already, um, and we just want to be a part of the local church and support them and love their children. Um, and so it was never our intention to start a church. However, in... Right around 2013, uh, we were beginning to realize that the churches that we belong to were losing a lot of their kids. Uh, the youth would come through and they go off to college and then never return to church. And many of the people left because church just wasn't relevant to them anymore, or they left because they were hurt by what their parents did or what the church did to them. And our context is that we were working, we were in long churches and wherever we went, we served. Greg served as a youth uh, volunteer most of those times and I would serve either helping with discipleship groups or even with the uh, ladies groups, women's groups. And we just kept seeing the next generation being left behind and leaving the church. Um, and right around that time, 2013, we began to feel a stirring in our hearts to, to care for those who had left the church. And I could probably see around the church that every family had at least one or two children who had left the church. And of those, maybe half of them left the faith. And so we felt a deep stir in our hearts to care for those children, which is why we thought, okay, we could start a nonprofit and we could help all the local churches, all the Hmong churches, um, reach out to their children. So again, we didn't want to start a church. We just wanted to help the local churches. But when we thought about what our, that ministry would look like to minister, feed, disciple, empower, care for, we realized that's actually what the church is supposed to do. And that's when we realized maybe there's something in here for us. But before we even thought about launching a church, we spent time praying. Um, in one particular quiet time that I had with God, while I was praying, I said to God, don't let us do this if it's not your will. We don't want to be just another building and call it a church. Like If you are not calling us to this, let us know. Um, and I got back very clearly. God said, this is not something that you're doing. I am calling you and Greg to this, and I will give you the blueprint of what to do and I have already drawn the battle plans, and your job is to carry out that battle plan. And I was like, but what about all these other churches? And God said, do not worry about what other churches are doing. They have their own battle plans. I have called them to do their thing. I'm calling you, Greg, to this particular battle. So do not compare yourself to other churches. Don't listen to what they say about you or what they're doing. Make sure you follow the battle plans that I have given out for you. 
And that really encouraged me. Like, there was no doubt that this was God's plan. And because of that, we didn't have to be afraid. Greg and I had no idea what we were doing. But we heard clearly from God. And we knew um, the other thing that God said to me was, I will raise up the leaders. So don't even worry. Like, don't go looking for them. I will raise up the leaders. And within a month, we get a call from a total stranger named Johan. Never met him before. Uh -huh. Never even knew Hmong people use the name Johan. <laughs> I grew up Dutch, so we had Johans in my Dutch town, but didn't know there were Hmong Johans. Ian Pajar called us and had dinner with us, and they said, we heard about what you are planning to do, and we want to be on board. And we were like, okay, God, thank you. Uh, and then Megan and Alicia were there with us from the beginning. Again, we didn't recruit them. They reached out and said, we're on board. God is putting this on our hearts as well. And that has been the case all along the way. So I want you to know, I know that some of you, your parents, your friends are like, why, do you, why another church, right? I want you to be secure in knowing that God called us to be here because he saw a whole generation that did not have fellowship. Now, in case you think church is this building, it is not. Church is the people of God, the family of God. And there are so many people out there who don't have a family to belong to. And God said, River Life needs to be that family where those who have felt rejected, those who have felt like they didn't belong, or those who felt like they didn't have a purpose, that they would have a place. And God particularly called us to reach out to second and third gen mom. But I know that many of you, you might be like, well, I don't particularly consider myself second or third gen mom. Or I'm not even mom. And yet, I know that church, the family of God, you've been looking for a place to belong. And you feel like one of us. So come along with us in loving this second and third and pretty soon the fourth generation of all that God has called River Life to love and care for. Well, we can't really talk about the, the five years of River Life without talking about one of the gifts that God gave Pimple and I early on in our, in our planning and discernment and prayer process, and that was our name. Did you know, did you know how River Life got its name? Have you heard this story? See, it started out, as, as before described, um, she and I watched, we saw people hurting, people leaving the church, people leaving the faith, second and third gen Hmong that we loved, becoming disillusioned, detached, hurt. And so as we started to dream what a ministry could be, I, I, I went into seminary mode and I jumped into scripture and started doing some study about what are the restoration metaphors in scripture. And there are a lot of them. In fact, it could be argued that restoration is the single most dominant metaphor in scripture from Genesis to Revelation. And so I started studying them, all the metaphors I could find. And there are a lot of them. But there was one that struck me. At a few places throughout scripture, the Bible talks about the river of God, sometimes also described the river of life. It started in Genesis, where this river fed the Garden of Eden. And then we see it again in the book of Ezekiel in a prophetic vision. And then we see it again in the book of Revelation, when God has restored heaven and earth, restored humanity. And there is the river of God that runs through heaven. And that struck me. And particularly it was the, the vision out of the book of Ezekiel. And I read and I reread and reread. And I loved it more and more every time I read it. And I still love it to this day. And so I thought it'd be quite appropriate to share some of it with you today. It's where we get our church verse. 
you'll hear comes out of this passage. So a little bit of background. So the book of Ezekiel, this section of the book of Ezekiel, includes prophecies of hope and restoration. Because at this time, the Israelites had been captured by the local superpower, Babylon. They had been taken from their land, had their temple destroyed, and their freedom taken from them. These were God's chosen people who were living broken lives. And God gives Ezekiel, who was in captivity at the time, he gives Ezekiel a vision to say, this is not, this is not the life that you will forever live. I have another life for you. And then this angel of God comes to Ezekiel in a vision, and he shows, them, shows him this river that's flowing out of the temple. The temple was the place of God. It was their primary place of worship. And there was this river flowing out the doors. And then this river went out into a dry land. And here's how scripture describes it. Then he led me back to the bank of the river. And that's the angel of God, the messenger of God to Ezekiel. Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. The Arabah is a desert, by the way, and the Dead Sea has no life in it. If the salt content is so high, there is no life in the Dead Sea, and there is very little life in the, the Arabah desert. Um, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Miracle number one. Salt water does not become fresh. Fresh water becomes salty. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. Miracle number two. Nothing lives in the, in the Dead Sea. It's why it's called the Dead Sea. There will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. And here's actually our church verse. So where the river flows, everything will live. That includes you. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to En Gelium. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. The best fishing in the area was the Mediterranean Sea. The Dead Sea was last on the list. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. People needed salt. Miracle number three. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on the banks of both rivers. Okay, or both banks of the river. That's normal. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail. Another miracle. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Another miracle. Trees don't bear fruit every month. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. This almost this exact passage shows up again in the book, at the end of the book of Revelation about what heaven will be like. And he even adds on that the, the fruit will serve for food and the leaves for the healing of the nations. And that is why we are here. That is what God wants to do in us. Because remember the verse, it's our church verse. Where the river flows, Everything will live. And that includes you. So river life is not just a name. It's God's mission for us and mission for you. That when we put ourselves in the river of God, he gives us life. And we become the trees that are good for food and good for healing. That is our mission, and that will, for as long as God continues it, that will be our mission. That we want to be a church that is good for food 
and filled with you. Join me as I pray and thank God. God, you are good and we are grateful. We sit with thankful hearts as we remember you. We remember all of the people that have been a part of this church, that have contributed in small and big ways. But most importantly, we remember you. We remember your goodness. We remember your faithfulness. We remember your love. We remember your healing. We remember the hope you give us because of Christ. And we remember the power you provide for us to grow. God, give us another five years and another 50 years of making much of you so that we can look back again and say, thank you, Lord, for drawing people to you. Thank you, Lord, for bringing healing to people, to families, to kids and youth. God, and thank you that we can place our hope in Jesus Christ, not in ourselves, not even in this church, but in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, whose name we pray. Amen.